The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when nickels down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who on this town tonight. Hey, welcome to the Quarm Live Sports Talk. It is Tuesday morning. We are live. We got everyone in the studio plus one. Alex Clancy rubbing his eyes as usual. He's high. Uh, definitely. <laughs> I'm high on love, dude. Yeah. Let me say this before we get started. <laughs> everything, almost everything on the show, we joke around a lot. So when I talk about Alex, and he talks about me too. He just does sure. it off the air. Um, I don't know why, but. He's got a It's not before. always true. It's, yeah, huh? Uh-huh. I've done my share on the air too. Yeah, but I, you know, I'm just you know how I throw he jabs left, at you. A, he left a flyer at my door what? about you. <laughs> I throw jabs at Alex, but you know, oh, 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 it's not always true. Most of it is. If I'm talking about weed, most time it's true. Now I've never seen Alex smoke. Let me for the record. There you go. I'm not saying he doesn't smoke. I just never seen him smoke. Hey, welcome to the show. Eight 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 three four six nine one four four. If you want to call in. We'll have not only one accomplished author, but we have two, and I'll get to who that second guest is later on in the show as she's setting up. I already told you as a female, she's setting up, setting up her tripod. Alex, we got to step our game up. Yeah. We have to step our game up. Well, I do some writing. I don't know if you... See, men expecting women to go out and get it done. You don't have... A, you're not an author. I mean, you, you, you blog in them, but that's not... It's not the same as the, I know. They do. Oh, I'm fully aware. <laughs> yeah, men talk about it. Women, talk, women actually do it. Women, women get it done. Men talk about it. The men expect it. They just men are lazy, though. Women are go getters. So you Alex, go. you either step it up or help me step it up, or something's gonna be happen. Let me get to some baseball real quick. I know a good coach. You know a good coach. Sure. She got a website. She does. Okay. <laughs> what is it? Down and dirty. Oh, yourclearage dot com. Yeah. Big conflict of interest. I, I think. I get. I got a. <laughs> I got um. Something was you know I heard it a couple of times, uh, so I want to go to write the baseball, but it's mm-hmm. it's more so Atlantic Braves, Atlanta Braves. Chipper Jones was supposed to throw out the first pitch, uh, but Chipper Jones now works for NBC. Uh, he's now an analyst. So one minute he's on the field, nineteen years with the Braves. One minute he's on the field. Immediately he's off the field. Not immediately. He's off the field after 19 years like a Brett Favre. <laughs> Nobody wants to catch his first pitch for the team. And here's the reason why. Chipper makes the comment that the Braves will lose in four to the Dodgers. Do you have a problem with the guys in the locker room? Do you got a problem with what Chipper Jones says? Here's, where, here's what I think. There's ways you can say things, and we'll get to a lot of that because I know uh, – our uh, next guest coming on says that in her book a lot, uh, and I read the book. Um, there's ways you can say things. There's ways that you can be politically correct. Uh, you can insult somebody real nicely. Chipper Jones said they're winning four. Do you have a problem with the guys in the locker room or with Chipper Jones? It's interesting because he's one of the very few people in, in today's sports nowadays where it's 
you have total allegiance to one team. You know, it's so incestuous with people going to play other teams where you can get the most money. You go inner uh, inner uh, conference or inner division. He is one of again very few people that this rule applies to. Yeah, and again, there. If he said it politically correct, you know, I think they're outmatched. I think that Clayton Kershaw is going right, to shut him down, stuff right. like that. That's what I'm saying. As opposed to saying, you know, they're going to get swept off the field. Well, I mean, it, it was a walk. It was pretty much a walk off that did it in the eighth. Yes, I think that the the catchers were correct for not wanting to catch for him. And not uh, only the catcher, but you know, anybody could catch for you, but some, you know, most times it is the catcher. So yes, and again, Chipper Jones being the consummate professional, staying with one team for his whole career, played against him in what he said. I don't think he should have said it. I think you can um, – don't be one guy as an athlete, as a player, and then as soon as you get into media – now, you have to be critical. You have to be – but you have to be unbiased. You have to be – yeah, you have to be critical. Actually and critical. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a Cardinals fan. I'm a huge Cardinals fan, playing with the Cardinals for eight years. But if the Cardinals – if I don't think they have a chance to win, I'm not going to say they're going to get smashed or this or that. I'm going to say, well, the Cardinals need to do this, they need to do that to be successful. I'm not going to just – put them in the mud right away. I'm going to give them a chance to breathe. So I'm going to say they have to do these things to win. Chipper Jones just said that they're going to lose in four games. And if I'm a player on that Atlanta Braves team, I'm saying, you didn't even give us a chance. You've been here 19 years, and I don't care your lawyer. I do care about loyalty, but your loyalty was paid for. So 19 years you wasn't playing for free. Yeah, but don't you have to learn how to tune this out as a professional player? Yeah, you're going to hear stuff that's that's against you, you tune, all of the time. You have to tune ninety percent of the things out as a professional player, and go about your business. You shouldn't have to tune out your family member, your guy who's been with you, who's know who knows the grind you put in. I don't go into a season saying Super Bowl. I go into the season that let's get better and better one game at a time. You never know the teams we pick for the Super Bowl rarely ends up in the Super Bowl. So you go out there and you play that one game. You practice hard. You you work to that one game. You can't get in. You can't play in the Super Bowl if you can never get in the playoffs. So you work to one thing. You take steps in things, and you can get overzealous. And most teams are overzealous. They go Super Bowl. I remember we used to break down Super Bowl on three. What was it? Arizona Cardinals when I was playing Super Bowl on three. Let's get in the playoffs first. Yeah, let's take it one step at a time. Yeah, especially right. because one of your uh, Super Bowl picks is pretty much uh, out of the contention at this point. I don't even know who I picked. <laughs> I might have changed it up. Pick Denver and San Francisco. You went scratch. No, I'm still with those two. Oh, you are. Maybe, okay. maybe. Going back to Chipper's, oh, yeah, Chipper's comment. <laughs> Let's reel it in here, folks. Um, if we look at it, if his comment was more of a challenge and more emotional, then it doesn't belong on the air. You know, if his, you know, as somebody who is supposed to be commenting on um, the teams from the media aspect, as you mentioned earlier, is it should be more from an analytical standpoint and comments regarding what can they do different, better, or what have they done wrong. Well, and it was. It was analytical. He said that they're not the better team, so they're going to lose in game four. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with what he said. I don't have a problem with how they reacted to it. Because he's an analyst, and if he's going to say, oh, they're going to go get him, and they're going to win, and they're going to be, if he, he's still he an been, Atlanta Brave, that's even worse. I got okay, a problem. And I didn't hear the comment as far as how he delivered the comment. I got a problem with how he said it. it we know the, diamond, uh, the Dodgers are a more powerful, better team at this point this year than Atlanta Braves. How you say it, Yep. Then you able to walk into the locker room again. The delivery I, makes a difference. Exactly. The tone, How you the energy. And, yeah. I'm not going to put you in the casket before you die. I'm not just going to have a do that. uplift the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I, it's I, Halloween. I, I, we could. And mm-hmm. Alex, you made a good point to your comment. You made about the uh, how he, one of the ways he could have said it was, you know, this is overmatched. Our pitching is not as strong. But here's the things we need to do if we want to have a chance to win. I don't want to concede. But he's not part of the Braves anymore. So he's not saying we. He's saying. I mean, he's it, always a part of the Braves. Always. Well, then he shouldn't be an analyst. No, that's not true. 
That's not true. Pretty much um, everybody on sports has been with a multiple amount of teams in, oh, in, in, today's, in today's sports. He could be – I don't care if he, uh, the, it wasn't the Braves. I don't care if it, he could have uh, – but, but the fact was he was throwing out the first pitch. He, he's Chipper Jones and Landon Braves. It's like Cal ripping with the Orioles. Yeah, right. He's Chipper Jones throwing out the first pitch. You know who catches his first pitch? A mascot. Now, <laughs> a nineteen-year, a nineteen-year veteran of the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, he could have found a better way. Because when, when you okay, before you even get to that, what did he come? Did he come out of high school? Nineteen years. But before you even get to that point, even getting to NBC as an analyst, you, you have to go through media education. You have to know how to talk to people. You know how to know what to say to people, when to say to people, how to say it to them. There's a lot of things you have to do. And if he didn't learn in nineteen years. For a guy who was probably interviewed after every game. He's on the other side of the mic. Right. It's a different feeling on the other side of the mic. Yeah. Speak your mind. Definitely do that. Yeah. But there's ways you could do it. I'm not saying Chipper Jones is, you know, I'm not putting him as a bad guy all of a sudden. But speak your mind. But, you know, be conscious of those guys who put that work in from spring training until now. They're in the playoffs. Yeah. It's I mean, hard to get in the playoffs. He'll get he'll, he'll get better. I mean, he's oh, new yeah, and, yeah, yeah. No, and he not, has he has all of the clout that any baseball player in the biogenesis and steroid era has. I mean, he he's been clean the whole time. He's just been a constant allegedly. professional. So, well, I mean, allegedly is everybody. I took so. an aspirin. Don't mean I, am I clean? I took an aspirin to get rid of a headache. Holy dude. I don't know. I mean, if there was Adderall in it, Richard Sherman might have something to say about that. <laughs> I think the drug squad's pulling the up NFL, out front. The NFL, they have. Well, you only so, get four games, and then you're back, and it's like it's like you'd be a Super Bowl contender. I've again. never taken a drug to play football. Oh I've wow, never. way to keep that open <laughs> to play football. <laughs> Wait, can we get some music with that dance? I know we need to get some music. Eight 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 three four six nine one four four. Let me see how much time we got in this segment because I do want to get to our special guest before we. Uh, before we get out of here, Alex, you got to start doing this now. I don't have time to be doing all this. I I tried to. You did. Yeah. Did you watch okay. the uh, ASU Notre Dame game? I did. Did you find there was no reason ASU should have lost that game? Correct. I don't know if ASU playing against the um, the ghost of Notre Dame or did ASU just they just tighten up the whole time. They had that game under control. They uh after the big win at Wisconsin, the big win quote unquote at Wisconsin. But they played another game after that. I understand, and they and they got shellacked by Stanford. And they come back and get a win, and then they and then they just they just fall flat. I don't know how you fall flat in probably the most heralded stadium in football. <laughs> it just it, you know if you can't get up for that game, I don't know what you can get up for. You know it's it's if they want to make if they want to start moving forward as an organization because they've pretty much been non-existent in recent history. Todd Graham just got a two-year extension after the win at Wisconsin. There's things that are starting to move forward, but they can't keep shooting themselves in the foot after getting wins. They're getting no momentum. They, they could, in fact, still make it to the Pac-12 championship game with USC falling, but they're going to need to beat teams that are big programs. You know, Stanford made them look like Sacramento State again when they play, when Arizona State played them. So yeah. they're moving forward, but they need, they need some oomph. They need... They need something. They need some cojones. I think you know the, they don't have team, right now. Even championship teams, I think they 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 need one thing or one less thing of it. Um, but I thought ASU had enough uh, offensive power. Uh, they play defense with their offense. They can put up enough points where that defense of ASU, who's gotten better f- from the uh, beginning, can go out there and tee off on different guys. Who go out there and play reckless abandon. Can take more chances. Can do more. The defense coordinator should be a coach of the year. Defensive coach of the year. Um, he can put in more packages where these guys can blitz. Because their offense, this is what Oregon does. 
they put up 50-some points before you get a field goal, and then the defense is playing free. Now they, their linebackers are blitzing. Now they're, they're, uh, they don't have to run stunts anymore. They can play games and work on other things for another game. Right. So, so ASU have that firepower. I'm, I'm excited about what ASU is doing this year. But one of the things that can happen, I've seen it with golfers as well as uh, my, the football players and that, is that they, if, if the players are so concerned about the win, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, Kwame, that they get focused on the win instead of focused on the immediate play at the time. And it, they start losing their focus on what they need to be working on in the moment, um, and everything starts to fall apart. And once one player or one play starts to fall apart, then everything else tends to go down with it if they don't have the, you know, the emotional strength to keep going. Yeah, I, I, I just look for them to bounce back after this. And I don't care uh, what USC doing. They didn't fire lame, not lame. I call him lame, Kifford. <laughs> Clever. <laughs> he, I don't know how he has a job. The guy has naked uh-huh. pictures of somebody. <laughs> he has some pictures of somebody where Well, I mean, they knew that they were going to get sanctions and they brought in they brought in a face and a name <laughs> cuz well, Pete Carroll's like, "Well, I'm out." Cuz he knew what was coming, so we went to Seattle and then so yeah, they brought gonna, this like Kevin said controversy to... all the time. Tennessee, yeah. the the Raiders he stunk and then Well, the way he left the, uh Tennessee was that was just outlandish ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh you you can say the same thing for Alabama's coach the way he left Miami. Yeah, but he wins. So people forgot about that because he's going to be the. He might be the best college football so player. When is college cute, football when is coach? Oh yeah, I think respect is. Kwame Lott Sports Talk eight 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 three four six. But we're going to take we're going to take a break. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll introduce who our next guest is. Who'll be with us for the rest of the show. We'll be back in the near future. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Sports Talk, we got Alex Clancy in the studio, Deborah Debris. We do have a down and dirty, right, Deborah? Yes. Uh, third segment coming up. Um, but our next guest, I mentioned earlier, we have not only one accomplished author, Deborah has three books out. Um, that's what I say at two, Deborah. What, what did you hear? <laughs> one thousand one, one thousand two. I thought it was three. No, I, I, so I got two. I've got Howl, How to Lead and Leverage. I, like, any I path. got that one. Yeah. and then and then I've average. got Averages and Addiction from Mediocre to Millions. Okay. is the current one. 
I love I love the cover of those books because if I'm walking past, you know, if I'm in a bookstore, which mm-hmm. I am, I'm often in a bookstore. You walk past something and it grabs your attention. Absolutely, I, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. And the, the uh, well, thank you. We got to step our game up, Alex. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you're coupling me in on this. Because we uh, I never <laughs> pretend to be an author. <laughs> I just kind of did about ten minutes ago. But you just <laughs> 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 alrighty. She is an accomplished speaker, author, professor, and business owner. She is the owner of Impromptu Guru, a communication consulting company that was named Gilbert Arizona's 2012 Rookie of the Year. Less than a year of its inception, she works, profess- she works with professional athletes, politicians, interesting, business <laughs> executives, and corporations to improve their communication, presentation, and messaging strategies. In 2013, the WNBA's Phoenix Mercury's named Impromptu Guru owner, I'm not going to say her name right now. <laughs> Named her. It's official communication, communicating, and media coach. She is also host of Communication Nation. You probably have figured that out by now. A business communicating talk show on Voice American Business Channel that discusses how small change in behavior can impact organizations' bottom line. In a higher education space, she enters her 10th year teaching at Arizona State. We were just talking about the Sun Devils. And regularly contributes to print and digital products about online education, communication, and technology. I am talking about Jill Schifferbaum. Do I, am I saying Schifferbaum right? Schifferbein, yeah. That's Schiff, pretty darn close. Schifferbein. Schifferbein. Welcome, well, welcome I like to the it. show. What is, what is, what is that name? has got some attitude. It, it's German. It means one with a deformed or crooked leg, believe it or not. One with a crooked leg? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good start. I know, I, I know. I, I think that would be pretty interesting, right? <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Schifferbein. <laughs> you won't remember that last name next week. No fact. Okay. Hey, it, it, it's a memorable last name. I always say that, you know, if you see Jill and feel like sneezing afterwards, that's who you are. <laughs> it's a crooked well, leg. But a straight shooter. Yes. Well, Jill, welcome to the show. We always see you know we we see you every Tuesday if you're not out of town or doing something with the uh, with your business, um, passing and going. Your show is on before ours, but it's on a different network, um, <laughs> which is uh, you know you talk about. I mentioned some of the things you talked about. You know, Alex, uh, Deborah. You know, we're glad to have you on the show. Why did you write this book? You know, the real reason behind this book, and it's called The Athlete's Media Playbook, and it's really a book about understanding the media landscape, interviewing skills, and the importance in building community. And so that being said, it's not just for athletes, but it's written to that perspective. And the reason I wrote it was because I work with a lot of professional athletes, sports teams, some college athletes, and when it really comes down to it, there is not a single book until now out in the market that addresses what they need to know in a way that they will actually read and access it. Because what's out there now are a bunch of academic books about sports and media and I'm sorry I don't even want to read those books and I've been a professor <laughs> well that's why we don't we don't you know this is a sports show but we don't talk numbers we don't just talk the statistics of uh, of a game or something like that we, we usually get around to you know if it's an athlete we talk about he or she and what they've done that's, that's sports to me it could be you know sometimes we take the show deep sea somewhere um, but, you know, we we just don't get an academics of the numbers. Uh, as I was reading this book, you can read this book in two cups of coffee. Mm-hmm. And you can feel good afterwards. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like the connection. Can I put that on my website? <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I was reading it. I was thinking about, um, you know, a lot of the stuff I say, you kind of similar to Deborah, how you approach things. I, I was reading, I was saying, okay, that sounds like Deborah. Like, you know, straight to the point, like, whatever. But it, that's what this is. What it is. This yeah. is how I see it, and, and that was good. Uh, one of the things I've um, I like is at the end of everything, you got a playbook. You you got a game plan. Um, and what was the purpose behind that? 
No, the idea of it is, you know, this is it's a 90-page book and it's a 5 by 8 inch book, so it's not like this 90-page textbook. Mm-hmm. You can literally sit there at the end of each chapter, there are three key game plan takeaways that you have. So you get 30 mm-hmm. of them throughout the book, and depending on what you need to focus on as an athlete, as someone who's being in the media, you know mm-hmm. what? If nothing else, you can flip to that page, look at three sentences and be done with it and at least get an idea of where you need to go. Sometimes time's short. This is perfect. Yeah, it's, it's l- kind of like you, uh, Deborah. Like your, um, you know how you do your uh, imagination. Why you can always go to. You got something you can go to. Absolutely. Yeah, having that go-to plan. And I love that about your book. And the fact, and that's the one thing too with about you know about books is that people are wanting shorter to the point yeah. books that they can read. Like you say, it's like an airplane book almost mm-hmm. that you can read it on a flight and you can have your game plan when you get off to be able to speak intelligently. Yeah. You know, wherever you are. And That's it doesn't have to be just Deborah. in the media. It can be just getting up in front of a group, doing a, a presentation to your board of directors. So I love this. This is great. Thank you. And, you know, you guys were talking about Chipper Jones earlier, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm sitting there like, oh, I, I'm going to chime in. I'm going to chime <laughs> in. But I waited. I waited until now. Don't be but, rude. You know, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I will let that out right now. So one of the things, you know, you're talking about it. And sometimes you get on camera, especially if it's in a new environment, mm-hmm. especially in his case, you know, he has a new role, oh, yeah. if you will. And mm-hmm. Stuff happens. It slips out. Mm-hmm. We've all said things where we would like to take foot, insert in mouth right now. You know, uh, you know, Alex is pointing at Kwame right now. This is great. I love, I love it up in here. This is fantastic. Alex, a hater at his best. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Please. You would have done it if I didn't do it. <laughs> he just beat you to the punch. But yeah, you know, if something slips out like that, you know what? Own it right away. Just own it. Be like, yes, I know I just said that, and they may not have been the popular choice to say, but here are the reasons I say it. And then you can back up your statement with something you were talking about earlier, something that you probably should have said from the beginning but you know what it happens like well, it is easier too deborah hindsight having 2020 like shoot we put our foot in our mouth all the time Probably most of the time on the show i'm starting to like it <laughs> you like it tastes pretty good huh yeah Ooh, this is sexual better now. nail polish now <laughs> <laughs> but you know so, you know hindsight having 2020 we, we say a lot of things they're like god i could have did that different mm. and you got to say something different and i think that's where you make a good point he's in a new environment because you know alex and i we mm. You know, we go back and forth. We disagree. We dis- all of us disagree with each other from time to time, but it doesn't doesn't mean we're wrong or right. It's just, mm-hmm. and that's what it's for. He didn't have an opportunity really at the moment to say, yeah, I should have said that different. Mm-hmm. I was 19 years with the Braves, but I'm now here with NBC as an analyst. You got to say what it is. I know they're going to get beat. We all know that the whole world know they're going to get beat, except the guys in that locker room for the Atlanta Braves. But I love your idea behind it is then you, when you say something different, I could see that with a lot of entertainers could really use you, uh, that when you say something, it's like then if you know that it's not going to land well, give the reason. You know, give the reason why you said it so somebody has a perspective, not from their perspective, but from yours. I love that. And it's, you know, for really what it is, and one of the reasons I wanted to write this book, and, you know, if you read through it, and Kwame, you've read it, so you can, you know, attest yeah, if I'm, I'm telling the truth or that. I'm highlighting <laughs> oh a whole bunch of things. I want to take a picture of this. This man has <laughs> highlighted and taken notes in the mark. This is, this is great. Well, I love chapter eight, bad breath. I oh, just that's, think that's, 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 for Alex, that's Alex chapter. I was going to mention that for Alex. <laughs> Wait, there's so many of these <laughs> chapters. Do you, talk, do you talk about farts, too, or do you just... <laughs> yeah, you, you know, body haven't odor. directly talked about that, but body odor, bad oh, breath. Yeah. I mean, they're uncomfortable that's situations. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and personal space. I, I you know, I, yes. I don't like somebody in my personal space, especially mm. when I don't know you. And then they put the mic right up where the mic is touching your lip, and you're right. like, "Who else has touched that mic?" Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back, I think this. Um, I think uh, the athletes' media playbook touched on a lot of things. And as I'm reading, I'm thinking about all the people who can benefit from this. I mean, this would be great for high school guys. Oh my god! You talk about these guys. Yeah. These number one. These number one top. 
what is it, a top 150 dollars? Guys who's highly recruited. They need this before they even get to there. Well, think of the guys going to the combines or your pro development mm-hmm. days or those type of things. Yeah. When the teams are coming in and they're going through the interview process, and so many of the guys don't understand how important that is to a team. Does I, anybody have Johnny Manziel's address? I'd say he, <laughs> he, would, he, would, he would need this. But Johnny, Mel, Johnny Manziel, his background, he, his background, let me see how I'm going to put this so I can be. Oh, I, I know of, exactly what you're about yeah, to say. It doesn't allow him to even pay attention to stuff like this. He's always got a financial backing where he's going to get out of trouble. He has lawyers that uh, Terrell Pryor don't have. We, he's got a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got yeah. a way out. He's got a way out. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to keep getting this money at Texas A&M, my son's going to do whatever he wants to. Mm-hmm. They haven't been saying it like that, but the way he performs, the way he acts. And I'm a Johnny Man. I, you know what? You, are, you cannot say you're a Johnny Manziel fan after saying that. I'm a Johnny Manziel fan after Foot saying mouth. that. <laughs> no. Anyway, this is a good book for high school students. I, I, I really believe that. And, and then going into, Deborah, you make it uh, – you said something about the combine. Huge. The NFL want to be seen going a long way. The NFL don't want to do work. They buy a bunch of these books and put them in everybody's locker room. Mm. And say, we, we've done our part. We're done. Absolutely. Hey, people. Absolutely. Know? And We're standing behind our athletes. Yeah. <laughs> there you two go. Two high school kids. <laughs> then they read you <laughs> You're a teacher. You don't want that. <laughs> no, no. And then after they read the book, they need a cigarette. So. Right. Tell, tell, yeah. <laughs> and now you're talking about high school kids. Yeah. <laughs> or are you? <laughs> um, we'll, we'll get back into the book, but tell us a little bit about your show. Uh, oh, about Communication Nation. Communication Nation, Nation on Voice So, Nation's you board. know, Communication Nation, it's uh, right before your show, so you know who's been touching the mic right before you, so it's not as bad. I know who's been messing it up. <laughs> I know, I know. I mess up with everything in here. But it's about how changes in your communication behaviors affect your bottom line as a business. And, you know, transitioning that back into what I do with athletes and everything, it's really all about the little things that you do make the biggest difference in how you're perceived. But what I find is that people in business and also athletes, all this training that they've been getting for media throughout their career in the most part has been pretty stagnant. It's been boring and it's telling them what not to do. It's like, oh, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. And then it strips them completely of their own personality, their agency, their power. And this book, in my opinion, you know, I tried to put that back onto people. Like, listen, this is all on your shoulders. You have the ability to do this. And actually, if you play your cards right, you're going to make a ton of money because you did it right because not too many people do. Right. And now people will want to not only potentially hire them to play for their team, but then it's like, well, what's the career after that? Right. There's endorsement opportunities, media opportunities, yeah. mm-hmm. et cetera. I, I'm re- when, I, when I was reading the book, I'm like, okay, I, I'm making notes and saying she need to touch on that. But then I go to the next chapter and she touched on it. Right. So I'm, I'm just – I it take, I say two cups of coffee, probably a cup and a half because I'm thinking while I'm reading the book and thinking like, this is pretty good. I know mm-hmm. – you know, when you, when you do something or see something, you think a lot – a lot of people who can benefit from it. Right. Well, the ability to communicate and communicate well is so necessary in any business, uh, any part of our world, even communicating with children. Yes. You know, or spouses or, you know, whatever relationship. It's important to know what, what to say and how to say it in a way that it can be um, perceived in the way that you meant it. I like the uh, paralanguage, uh, which, which was a key. Uh, what is parallel language? Parallel language is everything vocal other than words. I, I mm, like that. Yes. Uh, we do that all the time. Um, <laughs> but, but a great exercise to that, I, I put what I write down here, great exercise, practice avoiding filler words, using uh, pauses. And I hate watching. I actually turn. I'm glad you wrote this book. I'm glad you and Deborah do things like this. But I actually turn the TV when I see somebody interviewing and when I see somebody interviewing that looks like me. He can't talk. 
I've, um, <laughs> it bothers me. I don't like, um, well, you know, I, and they got all these pauses in it. I don't know. Tell me what I'm supposed to know. Tell me what you want me to know because here's a great opportunity for you. Don't say, um, well, um, well you know. And it changes our perception of them. It you know, does. we can see them on the field, you know, whatever it's, whether it's golf or football or any other sport, is that we see them in a certain way, and they might be a high-level player, and then the minute they open their mouth for an interview, it's like, holy crap, how does he get out of bed and eat at the same time, you know? It's just, <laughs> it, they can't the walk and talk That's and chew, chew gum, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I put at the beginning of this book something, what you said earlier, Deborah, is that, you know, the idea, communicating to children even, and mm-hmm. the dedication in this book is literally, to every athlete, may you always remember that you have the capacity to impact a child life. Yes. Use this power wisely. And I know that was a little touchy-feely for the route we've been going on the show, but I think it's important because no, a lot of... it everywhere. I know. I like it. It's a roller coaster ride. It is. But, <laughs> you know. Now, finally, someone I can ask this to that has some sort of clout here. Um, <laughs> do you think... I, who said I was talking to you? Do you think that athletes have an innate responsibility to be good role models? That Ooh, are, oh, I, great I, question. Great question. So, I can I say great question? Oh, great. oh I, I, I'm not used to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you just got a compliment. Yeah. You want a gold star. You need a sticker. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to save that clip. Um, so Tiger, let's talk. I mean, Tiger yeah. more, uh, most recently. Johnny Manziel most recently. I mean, you can go any sort of any sport. Charles like, Barkley. Well, well, but Charles that's Barkley. Terrible. See, that's see, yeah, terrible. Terrible. Um, that's um, <laughs> that's more self-deprecated stuff that he's done. That wasn't like cheating on your wife or like uh, look at uh, the Kobe Bryant thing. Like these people, these upper echelon athletes and athletes in general, do you think that they have an innate responsibility just because they're exemplary at their craft that they need to be good role models? That's a really loaded question, and yeah, I love fair. it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. But I'm going to take the easy way out, and then I will address it directly. <laughs> okay. Like I think we all have an innate ability and need to be role models for the younger generation. Well, you write that in your book. It's, uh, some yeah, forms. absolutely. But I do think that when you ascend to a position of power, whether that's in business, in politics, in athletics, whatever that is, when you take on this role of being in the public eye, yes, I do believe you take that on. And that's just part of the job description. See, I don't have a problem with being a role model, but I don't think every athlete has to be a role model. It just comes with the contract, the territory. It mm-hmm. comes with the spotlight. Keep the spotlight off me. For example, simple things like this. We would never know, we would never assess a penalty stroke on golfers such as Tiger Woods if the camera wasn't on him all the time as being number one. The spotlight is on every athlete that, that's professional. Uh, so now we can see what they're doing. Now we feel like we got to write into their personal life. I, I've never, I've never, grasp that okay what I do on the field and, and everybody's entertained and everybody's or not entertained um, that you can go into the personal life of any athlete yeah, but if it, but if you get if you do something wrong like say you uh, you know you uh, fail you a drug test pers- or something yeah, like yeah. that that's yeah. not your personal life right that is stuff that needs to be reported by the media and full circle well and so, a lot of athletes um, to your to your point Alex a lot of athletes bring their personal life into the to mm-hmm. that arena so why would you do that and then tell me uh, I can't ask you a question on it. I, 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 I kind of go both ways with it. But then you say, out of respect of such and such, I refuse not to ask that question. Well, out of respect of yourself, don't get in those type of troubles. Yeah, but I mean, and we've talk, we talk about this almost every show, that these kids that come into play in the NFL or college football, that they're not ready for the spotlight and everything. How can you be, not be ready for the spotlight but be ready to be a role model? Like these kids come in so young. And especially basketball, great question, and and baseball even. But I mean, it's it's not as much there because everybody's doing steroids. You're, you're guilty until proven innocent. With football, say your 21, 12 prior comes in. He already had the issues that he had trying to make money, which you That's know, like a black thing. No, 
Okay. <laughs> Guilty. Uh, jo- so ahead. it is. <laughs> oh, Mark pull McGuire up, pull over. Uh, was pull one. Over, uh, sir. Uh, Andy, Andy Pettit. Uh, I can don't. No, I'm with you. Go ahead. Don't let me shake you up like this. Johnny Manziel. Right now, he's not ready to be a role model yet. He's no. the most famous no. athlete. He was the most famous athlete over the summer. Think about across this. all sports. So well, how how the hell can you be a role model if you're not even an adult yet? We all agree that Johnny Manziel sells tickets, and that's what the business is of the NFL. Look at, uh, De- but that De- doesn't. Devon, but no, no, you're right. It doesn't make him a role model, or or how do we? How can we say that he should be a role model? He's not ready to be a role. Nobody taught him. But the, but the other side of this too is who has the responsibility to raise their child to be an adult. You know, we go back to the parents, we go back to the school systems, we go back to, you know, who are they looking at as role models, you know, and as they're growing up, if somebody has enough strong self-identity, then the way they're going to act when they move into those situations is going to be different than if they've been the, um, you know, you can do this, you're the star, you're perfect, you're wonderful, you know, taken care of all the way through to the point that they're, they feel it's just the way that they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be the exception to the rule. See, I don't, um, I'm not perfect. Uh, you can find a lot of flaws in, uh, in, my, in my game. My game is just me, period, my brand. But I don't mess my brand up. I don't put my brand out there where uh, I, don't, I can't do business with that guy. I don't want to do business with that guy. My, I, I, don't, I don't do those type of things. My role model had nothing to do with an athlete. My role model was my grandfather, uh, my grandmother. Those are my role models, people who... Did everyday things, and and, and that's the thing uh, goes back to the parenting, right? You know, whoever the parent is, or whoever the but a lot circle of, of surrounding that athlete growing up, right? And a lot of a lot of um, parenting, there are more teachers, schools, professors, professors that with the with the kids more than the parents are. Absolutely. And so when they go out there and join these different organizations and organizations could be a gang could be whatever but they're not getting that parent one-on-one situation then somebody has to rule them back in that's where the role model come in well, that's okay i understand why you have a role model um a gang leader is a role model absolutely um but you gotta you gotta put these kids in a situation and, and as someone who's always in the spotlight professionally then they do have somewhat of responsibility as you write in your book as alex mentioned they have a responsibility to say well, okay, I came from the same neighborhood neighborhood you came from. There is a way out. And I think there's a difference here between two. I think we're talking about two different things. We're talking about role models, and I think we're also talking about mentors, yeah. right? The mentor mm. is a person you're going to have that one-on-one re- relationship with. The yeah. role model is someone who maybe you aspire to be or you look up to that you may never actually physically meet. Right. And mm. so in that perspective, you know, in the first chapter of this book, I lay it out, I, you know, here's the deal. You may not like that the media is all over you. You may not like that you're asked to be interviewed all the time. You may not like that the spotlight's on you, but you have that contract. This is your reality. Mm -hmm. You can either deal with it and use this book to help you deal with it well, or you can ignore it and put yourself at risk for getting a contract revoked, getting penalized, doing all of these different things. That was your first victim uh, (laughs) at the WNBA. And and you worded this very, very nicely. Remember that you have the capacity to impact a child's life. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't make them directly responsible, but it says that there's a chance you have the ability to impact a child's life. I mean, negatively or positively, but hopefully positively. All right, at least media playbook, we'll get more into that. We do uh, Jill Schefferbaum, but we do have uh, Down and Dirty with Deborah. (laughs) So I want to talk about how have you been exposing yourself? 
And this is not the type of... <laughs> This is not the nice type smirk. of exposure that you're going to get arrested for. This is looking at, you know, every day we're exposing ourselves in a way of, you know, putting ourselves out there for criticism, judgment, shame, those type of things. Every week we see athletes who are being exposed and coaches and team members and fans and media are always looking at these athletes who have exposed themselves. The way they've exposed themselves is in three major areas, their talent, their knowledge, and their emotional exposure. We look at them and we look and say, you know, can they play the game? Can they play at the level that they're playing at, whether that's high school, college, or in the pros? You know, do they have the talent that they need? And then also the knowledge situationally. You know, do they have the knowledge that they need to have? Can they play their position? Do they know the playbook? Have they studied their opponent? Can they play the way they're supposed to play on the field? So we look at them and we judge them for all of that. But then I also look at and I say, well, what about the emotional exposure? Because the emotional exposure is actually the part that is the most painful. It's the part where there's the greatest amount of suffering because we look and we judge people on what has just happened on the field as we watch them and we say, look at what just happened with um, Tiger Woods. And we're going to judge him because of his behaviors, but those behaviors come from the emotional exposure that he's feeling internally. We have our emotional exposure because we're judging from an emotional, um, an emotional place about that player. Um, look at what's happened with Tony Roma. I mean, he had an extraordinary game, but then we get down to the last play, and we're going to judge him on that last play. My question goes back to what is he doing today and tomorrow and the next day because he has the talent, he has the skills, he showed us, but it's that emotional exposure, that part of him that's now been opened up again. It's a wound that's been there for a long time. It's a theme that plays out through his entire life now, it seems like, or at least his um, professional life, where he just can't get it closed. Um, so I just look at and say, you know, when we look at the emotional aspect of what goes on with a team, and it could be even be in the interview, that a lot of times these players, they know what to do, when to do, and how to do it, but the emotional aspect, that emotional exposure when they put themselves out there is what's going to take them down. I don't know why. I think I can remember everything. I should be writing stuff down when you talk, but uh, you hit on so many, you hit on a couple part, uh, points that I wanted to uh, talk about. I guess we can call that arena football game, the Dallas game and the uh, Denver Broncos <laughs> game. That was 99 points, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. The most Between the that, two teams, yeah. yeah. Between yeah. the two points. That is crazy. Um, yeah, Tony Romo's not taking his defense out to dinner. No. That's for sure. Well, Because <laughs> yeah, they didn't help him much. Well, <laughs> Or Jerry. Yeah. That game, yeah, but his defense. You, you're talking about Peyton Manning. I don't put a lot on um, just Peyton Manning himself because he can't do it without the rest of the team. So who gets the pub? Peyton Manning. Uh, because he, he is intelligent. That guy's so well, who cerebral. Who closed it out? Peyton Manning. Yeah. But look, when you mentioned Tony Romo, because Alex got something to say. He wanted to interrupt me so bad. When you mentioned Tony Romo, everything flashed back to that one mistake he made because that's all he's ever done. Right. Now, Tony Romo had a great game. That was the best game of his life. Absolutely. I looked at the clock. I said, this guy's going to pull it off. Then I started rooting for him to pull it off so you can get over that hump. But it went back to same old Tony. It was an awful throw. It was an awful throw. Just throw it away or hold. Take it's the side. Awful throw. There's throw a it. lot of decisions he could have made, but he came bit emotional in the moment, and that's he the thing. It all goes back to. And we respond to it as the watching audience. We respond to it as the fan or anti-fan, and we look at it and we have that emotional response to it as well. Nobody believes in Tony Romo but Jerry Jones. 
I, I can't. Um, I don't even think the head coach wants him at the quarterback position. I don't think he wants the head coach as the head coach. Right. That's yeah, true. Well, that's, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. And most players, unfortunately, have more say so than the coach. Yeah. Well, because I mean, he's he's the he's the ringleader of the circus of the. Well, Jerry Jones is the ringleader, but he's the. Uh, well, I don't know. He's a, he's a high wire person. He's something. He's something in the circus. He's trying to. Okay. I don't like circuses. Emotionally, <clears throat> emotionally. Um, a lot of guys can be a lot better than they are, and we think they're good, uh, and some can be worse than they are. But it does, Toss, what, what emotions do you bring to the game? Do you bring on an outside emotion? Do you right. bring on emotional of that game, or do you bring on an emotion of an argument you had before you came to the stadium? And how do you respond in the moment? How do you get to that point of the, the zone, you know, and creating it for yourself in the moment? And that's where, you know, when we do, you mentioned earlier, the imagination. That's where when we can play it out in our minds, but do it at, not just in our minds, but from an emotional level, bringing in all the senses, then we have the opportunity to bring that to the field under the under stress and be able to perform in the moment at your absolute best and to be able to do it consistently rather than responding to the situation and going back to a prior emotional moment and starting to fall apart. That's interesting about Tiger because I always think that after before the uh, divorce and all the stuff that transpired, he was should have never got married. Go well, <clears throat> Excuse me. He um <laughs> he, he was a he was a robot. You know we've talked about this right. before. He was he was a golf machine. And then afterwards, he became a five-year-old emotionally because yes. he never knew how to deal with all this stuff. Yes. So he literally closed out the President's Cup championship for the U.S., and it looked like he just shot a 78. Yeah. Like in the interview, he's like, well, I made some putts, and I'm glad for the team, and blah, blah. He has no idea how to talk to people. That's Still, what I don't like. After That's all this time. Like about Tiger. Well, and we've talked about this, too, that his post-game, his post-round speeches are exactly the same. I hit some good shots, I hit some bad shots, I should have shot better, but I'm happy with my round. I'm almost there. That's all he says, and even the this is big for the U.S. Oh, it's huge. Uh, this is, it's I mean, huge. it's not the it's Ryder Cup, but it's ju- Tiger. Think it's about yeah. him, I, and I'm tired of his yeah. interviews. I don't even watch Tiger interviews anymore. He, just say what it is, so right. we can move on. Because now, all we who judge- really says what it is, though. Sorry to interrupt. Go me. ahead. No, you can interrupt me anytime. It's show show too. I, 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 I think Tiger needs a new media coach. There you go. <laughs> y'all better get I've on been it. thinking that for so a there's long two, time. There's two phone calls you need to make. You and I'll fly together because yeah, right? he needs some emotional but training too. He needs to say what it is because. This is why we judge Tiger, and this is why we had a conversation two weeks ago about who's going to be player of the year and why and right. why not who's going to be player of the year. We judge him on majors because that's all he talked about was majors. Now mm-hmm. that's his fault. How we yeah now how we discount five wins? And some guy have a major and a win, but how you discount mm-hmm. five wins? The majors not the whole year of a PGA Tour. Tiger won five times; he deserved to be player of the year, in my opinion. Other guys have majors, but with one win. There's a, it's tough to win on tour, as you can see. The guys who have majors, they can step up to the big platform, big stage, and perform. Well, and Tiger mentally, uh, to one of Alex, a few of his comments, ill-advised, might I add. Because um, you understand first. <laughs> to his comments were, um, you know, this guy always talking about, you know, it seemed like a down year for him when he just won a big, a huge thing for two years of the President's Cup. Well, and it could be, too, that at this point he's looking and trying to figure out how can he get back to where he was when he could manage his emotions, and he hasn't been able to do that recently. And the emotional aspect, the mental and emotional aspect, is the one connector between your talent, your knowledge, your skills, your capabilities, because as we've seen over and over again, players have the talent and the knowledge and the skills as well as the corporate people, but if they don't know how to manage the mental and emotional aspect of the game – all the rest of it goes away. Now, can he? Is there any way that 
Is there any way you want to do it now? Go ahead, real quick. Okay, is there any way that he can step back from the situation and be like, I'm the best golfer on the planet and just have fun? He a could, lot, absolutely. Lot because yeah, it, you know maybe what? that'll loosen him up, maybe actually win well, some. He's like, I am probably the third best golfer of all time. Let's take a real quick break. But I think a lot of uh, yeah. guys in the top 20 can say, I'm the best golfer. Statistically, they're not number one. But I can I approach a lot of things like I'm the best. When I make a putt, I say, Kwame, I'm the best. And I make those putts. And you Kwame must have put your like it's the green's fault. Player hater. Kwame Lott's <laughs> sports talk. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out, just follow me. Welcome back to the Quarmelizer Sports Talk. We are live 888-346-9144. Last segment of the show. That was Alex, by the way, coughing through, all through the uh, introduction. You should have heard Deborah. what people were said before that. <laughs> before that, we were talking about Tiger Woods off the air. Let me tell you how secure I am with my manhood. I said, for all that money they got for sleeping with Tiger Woods, I would have slept with Tiger Woods. I didn't say we would have done anything. I would have slept on his side. He would slept on his side. Mm-hmm. I slept with my brother for years. Mm-hmm. Deborah, go. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen pictures. They're not pretty. Um, well, Alex made a comment uh, before we went off the air about, uh, you know, would Ken Tiger just go back and say, you know, I'm the best golfer there ever was and play better. And then there was a comment regarding having fun. All right, restate your comment. I said, you don't remember it? Tiger, yeah. if Tiger just steps back, looks at his career and says, I might be, I'm top five golfer of all time. You okay? said three, but that's okay. That, and that, well, what did you hear? I, I just said top three again. <laughs> so you said top three. Nobody, I mean, p- winning 14 majors, nobody's even close right now. Phil's a little close, but he's getting older. So nobody's really going to grasp, uh, get to where he is. In, in, in the near future, can he just step back and have fun? I don't even know if he can spell fun Feels because he's, he's the never had that. Is, is the reality is the F word works really well in sports, meaning fun. Oh, you can. Dang. <laughs> um, dang. <laughs> we, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over that one, weren't you? We're back to having a cigarette again. Um, 
So really, what I found even with some of my football players is that when we can go back and I ask them questions around, you know, when were you playing at your absolute best? So many of them will go back to when they were in high school or their first years in college, when they were actually having fun. And when they get into the NFL, all of a sudden they become a commodity. So, you know, even in uh, in golf, all of a sudden you're a commodity. You're the one that's out there that's exposed, going back to the exposure part of it. And the fun starts to go away because all the criticism comes in. You know, all the, the media, the coaches, the, the family, everybody is pointing fingers at them, whether they are physically doing it, mentally and emotionally challenging their player. So when the player can start remembering how to have fun when they're out there, their play actually gets better. The article I wrote, I'll say one more thing. There's an article that I wrote. It's actually out on my website. I wrote it a couple years ago whenever, um, uh, oh, shoot. Uh Uh-oh. Who's the young young player that... um, Fell apart at Bob Marley, Augusta. Never forget. No, Rory McElroy. McElroy, yeah. When he fell apart and then came back, and I made a number of comments of on masters. in my article about how his his body language was so different. He was laughing and playing. He was messing around with the gallery at all those things on the last nine holes, and he ended up winning. I mean, because he was back to having fun and playing at his absolute best. See, and, people told um, real quick, Jill. Mm-hmm. People told um, McElroy, "You start taking this as a business." And that's when his game went downhill. Absolutely. When he was having fun, and you made another comment. I, I have to really think about this, but right off the top, I think I had fun uh, probably high school, a little bit of college, mm-hmm. playing football. I didn't get good until I got to the NFL. Uh, so I mm-hmm. think, and a lot of that, there was no, when you don't have anything to think about before and after the game. Right. When you don't bring those emotions to yeah. it. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because in some situations, and I look at different leagues that I've worked with, right, and right. players in different leagues. And so I'm going to bring up, uh, you know, one person I've worked with, Brittany Griner, right? Yes. I, everyone knows who she is, you know. Yes. You can't miss her. And what's interesting is because, you know, a lot of people say they had the most fun in high school and maybe in college. I would, I, you know, I don't know this for a fact, but I am pretty darn sure she is having more fun now as mm. a professional and that she can actually be herself, you right. know. She came out. Right, I mean, exactly. She didn't have to. We, we know this, you know. Mm. It, it, People know this. You expect it, right? But when someone is physically holding you back, and so many of these athletes, you know, in college and especially in professional leagues, they get told again what not to say, what not Mm -hmm. to do, how not to act, Mm. et cetera, et cetera. And people just strip them of their agency and their uniqueness. And so now you have this six foot eight. That is true beautiful woman mm-hmm. who is empowered, who's getting out there, who is doing her thing in the media. I mean, when is the last time someone in the WNBA was on Conan O'Brien? Right. Never. <laughs> I want yeah. um, Conan, not all that, but I want um No, I agree with that. Never, I agree never, that but he's never is. invited you on. But Brittany no, is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure Brittany get on our show. And she hit Conan hater. Brittany's on her way to China right now. She's going to play over there. Yep. See, that's what the WNBA has to do. And I don't agree with it because those women are professional also, but they can't make that NBA money. They don't get mm-hmm. – Alex and I went to a game, uh, and I went to the game to watch Brittany. Brittany was sitting on the bench the whole time. But it was a kid's game. They have to pack that stadium up for those women. Um, Hearing th- chants of defense will never be the same again. Right. With a bunch of right. six-year-olds screaming it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it That's crazy. awful. <laughs> 
you know, but the WNBA, let me hand it to them as a league. And, you know, now that I've been to a couple other different arenas, too, and I've gotten to see the team play at different locations. So here in Phoenix, it is it's it's not even a comparison, the fandom that's here versus other places. And I can see why the league is struggling where everyone else it blows. I mean, it's sad. And I feel for these women because you come to Phoenix and the people that are there. Yeah, years they packed it with kids. Mm -hmm. But you get there, you have half the number of fans that are at a Sun game and they are three to four times as loud Mm -hmm. as people at the Suns Mm -hmm. game. And what's interesting about it is these women, they do things that enable them to be themselves and have their own personalities. So in between timeouts, you'll see the players on video dancing on the big screen. You get to dance along with them. It's stuff like that that creates Mm -hmm. those long-term fans. And I think that... I'll say female athletes and athletes of lesser-known sports. Think of, like, Major League Soccer, right? Right. They know they have to do that type of stuff more to form those relationships. But what people in the NFL and the NBA, these bigger leagues, could realize if they would take the time to form those relationships too. What they have to do, though. Oh, my gosh. You know, um, the NFL is different. So you just throw them out the window. Because when, um, let's say, Tara Owens and – Ocho Cinco, when they promote themselves, they get fined. The NFL wants to be the one oh, that yeah. promotes you and make the money off you and then maybe give you a cut or maybe put you in a commercial. I think the WNBA, teams like the WNBA soccer, they should be able to go out there and promote themselves mm-hmm. and find out how human these people are. Oh, that's just, she's six eight. She's just like me. I can't dunk. I can't play basketball at a high level. But she's just like me. She have her own issues, have her own problems. She loves uh, bacon, hates vegetables. I yeah. mean, what kid can't identify with that? <laughs> KJ. That's all it is, bacon. <laughs> bacon, bacon, bacon. Uh, all right, before we go off the air, we got four minutes. And, uh, I want to talk about something that uh, I guess when I played was, was a different ball game, but now it's the, uh, the Twitter, the social media mistakes mm. that we made. Uh, you made also a comment. I can't remember anything unless Deborah stare at me. You made some um, that uh, – should I get back to it? Um, <laughs> Rory McIlroy. No, that no, wasn't no, it. No, no, it was something else that uh, Jill said. I got to start writing things down. I got to get my memory back. I got to play Simon Says. I keep All telling right. you to call me, but you forget to. So. I got my uh, imagination. <laughs> Problematic. But uh, social media. Yes. Social media. There's uh, a lot of things out here we didn't really have that. We had a small talk on it now. But now you put it – you write it down in the book that they can make you who you are um, – tell you what to say, what to say. This is one of the things I want to get to. I got it back. Mm-hmm. A lot of the marketing uh, departments of professional sport, they tell you what to say, what to say, or what not to say, and such mm-hmm. like that. But they don't, They take away who you are as a person. I came in with this rowdy person. I, I know I need to eliminate some of the fillers. And definitely some of the fillers, but I can't tell a guy I come from Florida. There's, they talk different. I'm from Virginia. I talk different. I still, mm-hmm. as long as I've been in here, still have, you can still hear Virginia in me. I wash uh, my car. Worship Carla, Worship DC. Yeah, Worship DC. I don't like That's that. That's Chicago. Word. I, I can't, what can I tell you? But um, <laughs> the tweeter, uh, you mentioned this in the book. This was in the 11th chapter. It is huge that most people don't know about this uh, social media. Uh, they don't use it to their benefit mm-hmm. because one of the things you said was, Do you want to be immortal? Uh, and I went right back to. Uh, uh, this movie I like. I, it'll come to me later, but I'll let you speak on it while the movie comes to me. Yeah. But do you want to be immortal? You can do that through social media. Well, you know, and what's funny is, you know, and that was the first line in the chapter, death by uh, Twitter, social media mistakes to avoid. Do you want immortality? 
if you use social media, you have it. What you put out on the internet stays there. And people think because they click delete that it's gone. It ain't gone. Right. Text message, they ain't gone. I and what happens those is. pictures were gone. Nope, there. <laughs> people can still find them. I don't care if you've sent them digitally. People can still retrieve that information. And, you know, tweets are. Archived in the yeah. U.S. Library of Congress, for mm-hmm. crying out loud. But people don't get it. People don't understand that one, like, knee-jerk reaction of tweet, tweet, mm-hmm. tweet, 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 you know, boom, you're talking smack. It's all over the news. It's all over the media. And even if you delete it from your profile, you cannot take it back. Yeah, and if we got a minute left. Alex, anything? Deborah? I'm, I'm just listening. That's all you do. So, Go see Gravity. Somebody told me about that. It's a good movie. We, usually have, we usually have, Gravity. Uh, like, 30 seconds of what to see. Gravity with Sandra Bullock. Yes, it was a good movie. It's from Virginia. I love the silence, the complete silence at times. Yeah. Really? Being up in space and there's absolutely no sound in the theater. Oh, that one in the space? Before? Oh, that's nothing. It was good. Yeah. What, Alex? I probably won't go see that. Is well, that like, you know, Remen of Solaris? Was that George Clooney's movie that just tanked? Like, Solaris? Well, he probably got well, $40 million. This has done quite well. Oh, good. Uh, All right. Well, that's, well. A, uh, that's a lot of NFL we didn't get to talk about. But uh, go to, uh, well, well, go to you blogging at Rant Sports, right? Yeah. Rant Sports. Alex can blog about something. Uh, YourClears.com. Down and Dirty with Deborah segment. Thank you for that. That should be, some of that should be. Maybe up there. You can call in and talk about. You can talk about the. You can just call segment. me. Call her. Call Deborah. 480 212 1909. Just give me a Jill, call. Jill. Yes. The Athletes Media Playbook. Jill Shufflebaum. Thank you for being on our show. You are welcome on the show anytime. Thank you. Thank yeah, it was you. Amazing. If not all the time. We are going to four days uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So there's there's a day in there for you. Um, Kwame Lassie Sports Talk. You can find me. On a golf course. Yeah, really. I was going to say. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.